This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Champions League is back after the international break, and we got some cracking matches. And guess what? Today we have a star-studded team. James Venge, our own James Venge, joins, but also Jim Beglin. I am excited about this one. Kigo Lasso Champions League preview begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kigo Lasso to our Champions League preview. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and leave Kigo Lasso a rating and a review. It only takes a few seconds and it helps us to continue to make free, great episodes like this one. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. Leave us a comment, like the video and subscribe to the channel. It just helps us to grow the show and hit the notification bell while you're at it. All righty. I said it was going to be a good show as we preview the Champions League match day three. And first of all, I want to begin with uh, James Bench. James, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. Um, we had an amazing weekend of football, didn't we? But this is this is the good stuff ahead over the next few days. And I don't just mean Arsenal against Aston Villa on Friday night. Oh, God. We will not talk after that Friday, James Bench, but it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. And last, but certainly not least, I am so I've been trying to get this man on the show for a while, but he is a busy man, former professional, but one of the best, if not to me, the best co-commentator out there, CBS Sports, very on Jim. Beglin, Jim, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Luis. I'm I'm still getting away with it. Um, every, <laughs> everything is fine, and uh, I I I'm in a very fortunate position to um, to see some great football, and I'm looking forward to some more in the Champions League this week. I mean, I've fallen in love with the Champions League from a long time ago. So you know, the more I get, the better. Well, listen, if you're listening, everybody uh, on Apple Podcasts, you can hear that voice and you're, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I recognize that. And yes, it is Jim Beglin. And we're so happy to have you here, Jim. Jim, obviously part of this uh, commentary uh, for uh, Champions League. Uh, and Jim, just to make sure that we know, what game are you working on this week? Um, we'll be working the Paris Saint-Germain uh, RB Leipzig game um, tomorrow. And really looking forward to that because it's not necessarily a done deal for PSG, as quite a lot of people are thinking. I think there's a little, there's a little more at stake. Absolutely. And we will definitely talk about that one. Uh, but James, how excited are you about Jim? Huh? It's amazing to just well, watch him as we listen, right? It's, it's very odd watching Jim and hearing his voice, if you don't mind me saying, Jim, because kind of you grow used to just hearing your voice. Um, but, you know, I mean, for me, Growing up, you're very much one of the voices of the Champions League over here in the UK on ITV. Um, I mean, I remember you with Peter, with Clive. Yeah, it's really, really exciting to have you on our podcast. We love it. It's very kind of you. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who might disagree with that. But um, but no, I I, um, I I appreciate those comments. And it happens a lot. I've not done a huge amount of on-screen stuff in terms of punditry. But when people hear my voice, I they tend to pick up on it. Well, listen, uh, I don't know who's the crazy people that uh, would not like this, but everybody's very excited that you're here, part of Kego Lasso, as we preview the Champions League match day three. Right then, let's get to it. Let's begin with uh, clearly to me and to, I think, everybody, including our contributors today, Atletico Madrid against Liverpool. This is the game, Group B, of course, the group of death, uh, Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, Atletico very well rested as the, their game against Granada was postponed this past weekend. Liverpool looking good, and they warmed up against Claudio Ranieri's Watford, uh, winning uh, uh, tremendously another big, big scoreline there. Five goals past Watford. And by the way, if you're listening to the pod as well, uh, I just wanted to give you a very quick snippet of my chat with Joao Felix, the Portuguese 21-year-old star. Um, check it out. Liverpool also play a very aggressive 
system, just like Atletico Madrid, always physical, always in your face. Is this a good thing, do you think, to play a team that that's some somewhat similar, Jurgen Klopp and Simeone, very passionate, and both teams are very passionate. Is it a similar, is it good to play against a team that's kind of like you? Uh, I don't know, it's, it will be good for us, but we know that they are very aggressive, they, they press a lot, and this can be good or can be bad for us. Uh, it, them, which, which the pressure that, uh, that they, they do, can get us a lot of space to play, maybe or maybe not, depends on the game goals, and we need to be prepared for, for, for both situations. For those of you watching on YouTube, by the way, you can catch the full interview by clicking the link in the description below with Joao Felix. He was uh, great in this chat, to be honest. Uh, one of the, f uh, not many, he does it in English. He did it in English, talked about specifically Liverpool in this game. We began with it, uh, James Bencha. Uh, and basically, you know, he knows the threat, right? Mohamed Salah looking good. Sadio Mane, Firmino with a hat-trick, but also his compatriot, Diogo Jota. And Joao basically said, listen, we know what they can bring, but in many ways, they're very similar to ours, meaning uh, Atletico Madrid. How do you see this game as Atleti welcomes uh, Liverpool? I mean, this is going to be really tough for... I mean, it'll be tough for Liverpool. I don't doubt that. But it's going to be really tough for Atletico Madrid. I think you could make a case that Liverpool right now... I mean, it's interesting hearing uh, Jurgen Klopp was saying quite forcefully and consistently that Mohamed Salah is the best player in the world. I don't argue with that at all. Um, I was at that Watford game. He was wonderful. He is... You know, he has added new things to his repertoire. He's a bit more of a playmaker, which which helps Liverpool a lot when uh, when they've also got Alexander-Arnold and when they've got the midfield. I think that this whole team might be the best team in Europe right now or very much in the conversation for being at that level. You look at the, you know, the players that will come back in um, on Tuesday, they'll have arrested Alisson and arrested Fabinho. They didn't play at the weekend and were, were out in Madrid. And it's, it is that, you know... <laughs> It is almost the entirety of that great Liverpool team um, that, that really got de decimated by injuries last season. They're playing some special, special attacking football. You know, if you look at the XG numbers, they're by far and away the best in the Premier League, leading the way in the Champions League as well. They create so many shots for each other. It seems like whether it's Jota or Firmino, I, I think Jota might, might, start, um, might, might start on Tuesday. But whichever one it is, that they, they click together. And I think with Jota, that's really impressive. And yeah, I mean, that you know, Jim knows a lot about excellent Liverpool teams. I don't know what his view on it is, but, uh, you know, this is one of the one of the great Liverpool teams personally. And, you know, I don't remember the teams of the 80s, but uh, it's really special. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't care. Jim, what do you think about Liverpool uh, as you know them well as well? Yeah, I mean, people always accuse me of bias, of course, because it's my former club, but um, they're in scintillating form right now, um, particularly away from home, as James mentioned. They're scoring goals for fun. Um, I, I think going to Atleti as well, I think they'll have that irritation in the back of their minds about the fact that when they went there two seasons ago um, and lost, they lost unluckily. I think maybe Atletico Madrid that night were a little fortunate with the goal they scored, considering Liverpool had most of the play. But of course, Atleti did wonderfully well in the second leg at Anfield, and and they they um, they ousted Liverpool from the competition. But like Saturday when they went to Watford, the last time they'd been there, they were beaten three 0 and I think you know they had again that drive, that determination, that it wasn't going to happen again, and they were going to make amends. So I think a similar attitude will will be needed very much because I think like. Two seasons ago, I think the game will be, or the games will be very similar. Uh, I think Liverpool will probably enjoy most of the possession. And I think Atleti, as usual under Diego Simeone, as we've seen, will be defensive, resilient, aggressive, abrasive, and just kind of waiting for those little moments with Joe Felix and Luis Suarez, who's still doing the business. Um, so, of course, it'll be tough. It should be. It's elite Champions League football. But I think Liverpool might just have an added edge this time around. I, I really agree with everything Jim was saying there. And I definitely you could sense at Watford that they could have taken, I mean, they could have taken their foot off the gas after the first goal, really. But 
there was some unfinished business there and they were very much out to uh, to inflict some misery on them. And, and I'm sure they will be the same against Atletico. I suppose it's also worth saying that this Atletico team have not been great in those first two games. Against 10 men, they really struggled uh, in that AC Milan team just to, to break down an opposition. I think maybe a team like Liverpool suit them better as opponents in that Simeone can sort of run it back to basics more of a rigid 4-4-2, two banks of four, challenge Liverpool to break them down. I'm sure Liverpool will break them down at some stage. But, you know, Atleti look at, look in Europe at least, they look a bit uncomfortable being asked to to dominate the game, to be protagonists. I think it might suit them. But equally, you know, that, that game against Liverpool, for this generation of Atleti, it's probably the only major European tie they've won. Luis, correct me if I'm wrong, this big game against, against a big opponent. They've got a lot to prove as well, but I just, I can't look past Liverpool on this. I think they're, they're wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to make a case for Atletico Madrid here, everybody, first of all. Like, I just want to, uh, I, 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 listen, like, I agree. I think Liverpool, to me, are the best team in Europe right now. Mohamed Salah is the best player in the world. But I think something that's very important about Atleti, specifically what I saw from Barcelona, is how that midfield system working, uh, you know, to support players like Joao Felix and Luis Suarez. And by the way, the really versatile Thomas Lamar, who they make this really beautiful triangle. You know, Rodrigo de Paul and Carrasco, their most important job is to make sure that they anticipate this press from Liverpool, if they can do that. And de Paul, to me, I was watching, obviously, the World Cup uh, South American qualifiers. Uh, this is obviously Messi's the king, but that Argentina side, that's de Paul's side. And if he can imitate that against a Liverpool side, then maybe. I don't know. I was a little crazy here. Uh, I predicted 2-0 in our predictions. I don't know if that's going to happen. You see, you definitely see a winner here, Jim, no matter what. Or, uh, or do you maybe think that Atleti can pull something? No, I don't. I, I, I think it, it could well end up a draw um, because it is one of those tough fixtures. And if you are going to side with one or the other, then I think the margin of victory will be very tight. I think it's you know it's it's one of those occasions. Um, there's no huge pressure on it, of course. They they both play each other in in the middle of the group. Um, it'll be Atleti going to Anfield next. Um, so you know, obviously, what's what's around it? We'll be hoping that there are two draws in these fixture, in these two fixtures. Um, so as that ground can be made up by maybe Milan or or, or Porto. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But essentially, you're probably looking at at the end of the group, it will be Liverpool and Atletico Madrid in whatever order and going through to the knockout stages and then um, and Porto and, and Milan just fighting for a, a Europa League place. Yeah, I I do come still, as you might have been able to tell from what I was saying earlier, I, I do think this could be Liverpool's in a more comfortable way. I mean, we have been skirting around whether they're the best team out there and I think you know, another motivating factor may well just be showing everyone else in Europe this is the standard you have to hit. Um, yeah, I, I'm, quite, yeah. I'm quite optimistic on them. I, I, you know, I don't think it will be a, a thrashing. I, I predicted 2-0 and, you know, probably that second goal comes a bit late because you've got to do well to score against Jan Oblak. But I, I do think this, right now, this feels like the moment that Liverpool look to step on the gas at home and in, in Europe and and really remind everyone of what a special team they are and they're doing that week in week out so I think they're gonna gonna win this and, and take control of the group well listen clearly it's gonna be uh the game uh to watch out for but there's another big one as Jim was saying he's gonna be working as well PSG against uh, RB Leipzig we move on to that one this one of course is a very interesting narrative specifically for Jesse Marsh because we've been talking about you know how difficult I guess how tough uh, the road has been as he has taken over Leipzig as well in that Red Bull family and now they face Paris Saint-Germain who by the way are not necessarily, you know, rocking off on all cylinders. So, Jim, let's begin with you here. Um, Pochettino's side is still not convincing. There's the Mauro Icardi situation as well, who is uh, asking for some personal time as well. How do you see this game unfolding? Well, it depends whether Jesse Marsh wants to go chasing things. And it, it depends on on what version of, of Leipzig is going to turn up in, in Paris because... I mean, at the moment, they're roller coaster material. I mean, we're, we're looking at extremes at times from this Leipzig side. 
It's it's Jekyll and Hyde business. Um, and if he goes there and and tries to to be the usual risk taking manager that he is, then it could backfire on him. Um, but I think for for Paris Saint Germain at the moment, there's there's a lot of criticism um, from their Liga form. I mean, again, they had to to, to come from behind to win on Friday night, um, and it's it's like as if the Pochettino message is not getting through. Or if it is getting through, the players are disowning it once they get onto the pitch because there doesn't seem to be any real direction. They don't seem to have a game plan that they're sticking to and it's letting them down. It's almost as if the players themselves are deciding, well, it's it's off-the-cuff football and we'll yeah. be okay because we've we've got that strength up top. Um, of course, they, they didn't play on the weekend after the international break, but the likes of, of Messi and Di Maria... Neymar, when they all come back into the side, I mean, it, it is a, an incredible force. But I can I can remember talking in in the um, in the last game when they played Manchester City about the amount of work Herrera and Gay had to do that night because of the the non running of Neymar and Messi at times, and indeed Mbappe. And there's an imbalance there that's not quite right as well. And I think that that's a worry. And while PSG have have the talent to be able to beat anybody on any given evening. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, th- there there is room for Leipzig to make life uncomfortable for them. But ultimately, I, I would expect PSG to to get the job done. I think it's, I think it's intriguing. And I'm almost, this sounds like sacrilege. I'm almost more optimistic. And this go back, goes back to what Jim was saying about PSG now that Neymar is out and that you have two of the, the big three in that they're just, uh, you know, clearly PSG aren't doing that well with or without them and making heavy weather of a lot of opponents. But that when you put those three together, as Jim said, you, you lose an awful lot without the ball. You know, you will not be able to to press high up the pitch and force those mistakes that we've seen that RB Leipzig centre-backs can make in the Champions League. But, and it, you know, it adds balance to that team. I think, one of the real issues that when you look at it is you see so many people coming to collect the ball and then this huge chasm up to Mbappe who, who's looking to spin and on, on and getting behind the, the central defender. So you end up seeing like maybe a, a sandwich of Di Maria, Verratti and Messi quite often mm-hmm. in this sort of right half space. And then Neymar is, is also kind of mo- drifting in and it's, of course it's not, I, I'm, I'm sure no one would say it's easy to defend against, but I think it's that thing of it. That the the passing play is not that intricate. It's a lot of sort of it's Messi's turn to attack. Now it's Neymar's. Okay, now we'll get the ball to Mbappe. I think just maybe having just two of them, maybe a little bit more effective in that you will then add in a a Di Maria and maybe a, a Draxler or a Finia. Who uh, uh, was it? So is um, Neymar Neymar not being available? Is that a blessing in disguise then, James? Yes, I think so. In, I mean, the, the challenge is because Pochettino can never not play all three of them if they're all fit. But actually, I think just in terms of having a more balanced side, the ideal scenario is maybe you, you don't always have all three on the pitch and you could maybe use one as an impact sub. Yeah. You can't do that. Of course you can't. But I think it might give your team more balance. You lose the you lose the opportunity to win games by moments of magic, which obviously is what PSG did against Man City with, with Messi. But I'd be I'd be interested to see it for sure. Yeah, what do you think, Jim? Well, I, 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 I think, I mean, I mentioned the word uncomfortable um, because Leipzig can do that to teams because Jesse Marsh, his ideology is all about the high press. And, and, but it's the high press with, um, with the next thought of can we create a chance off it? If we win the ball back, can we get a forward pass? Can we get something into the box? Can we get a shot away? That's what his, his kind of methodology is all about. I just wonder at times the way things are going this season for Leipzig as if he needs to adjust that a little bit and maybe just rein it in because I, I doubt he will because managers usually stick or coaches usually stick to what, what, they, what they coach and they don't want to change. But I just wonder whether he could just adjust it a little bit to help, help it defensively and, and not be so committed, not be so risk-taking because the big problem for uh, Leipzig, and that's why I'm favouring PSG, is their defence. They've lost Konate, who's on the bench for Liverpool at the moment. They've lost Upamecano. Two young centre-backs, admittedly, but 
two big influences at the heart of that um, Leipzig defence. And just watching when they played um, and lost at home to, to Brugge last time out, after 15 minutes of that game, I was watching Galashi, and he was screaming at his defence, saying, wake up, wake up. You know, so I think I think they've got a problem. I think they've they've tried to obviously fill the void. At the moment, it's not working. The gel hasn't kicked in in that team. That's why you're seeing such inconsistency. Um, and I think ultimately that's what will probably undo Leipzig again. And I think it it may well let them down. I think if they if they do try and make an adjustment defensively, it may help their cause a little bit more. Yeah, well, and also when you look at this table, everybody, just a reminder, by the way, that Leipzig do need points. They haven't, haven't, they've lost two already. They've already, you know, they have a goal differential of minus four. And with PSG, Man City and Club Brugge, things need to happen sooner rather than later. All right, let's talk about Group D, everybody. Uh, James Benj and I will be very happy to begin here. There's a new sheriff in town. First of all, Moldova aside, they have a Peruvian, all right? So Gustavo Delanto can do no wrong in my eyes. If you missed it, by the way, after beating Real Madrid, he was interviewed at the airport, and he's just so charismatic. I mean, how could you not be your Peruvian? But the fact that Sheriff did that at the house of Real Madrid is already proving the fact that there might be a shocker here as they lead the group. Jim, let's begin with you, and then James Bench, let me uh, ask you more, because I know how you feel about Sheriff, but Inter Milan against Sheriff. Is the run going to continue, or is the balloon going to pop right here? No, I'm I'm going to be a party pooper here. I knew Sheriff. it. I, 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 yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer the cynical professional opinion now. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, Inter are only on one point, Luis, right. so straight away, you know, Inter have got to get their act together in terms of Europe. Um, it didn't work out for them last season again, so they, they, they've got to they've got to up their game. They're the highest scorers in Serie A at the moment, and I expect them to give Sheriff a hard time. Sheriff, you, you have to admit, um, they're not too bothered about uh, the ball. They're, they're happy to get behind it in numbers and do their thing in all that discipline and, um, and absorb what they can. And You know, having watched the highlights of, of the Real Madrid game, Lady Luck was very much on their side too. I mean, how Real didn't get a second or third goal that evening, I, I still don't know how. Um, and, and things went for, I must admit, their goal scoring is very clinical. It's, it's very good to watch. Um, but I know you're talking about the Peruvian, Delanto at centre-back. Cristiano at left-back has caught my eye. He's got three assists already. I think... He's been he's been incredible so far. I just wonder where he might end up uh, in the not so distant future. But yeah, I think I think it's still asking an awful lot. Listen, I would love it. I have nothing against Inter Milan. I have nothing um, nothing bad to say about them. But um, I, I would love it if if Sheriff could manage to keep the fairy tale going and just excite the the whole of Europe and keep us all on our toes as to what to expect next. It would be quite incredible if Sheriff Tiraspol ended up in the knockout stages of the Champions League. But I'm going to go back to my first sentence in that party pooping. I don't think it's going to happen. So I should probably let Jim, uh, Jim won't kind of know why Luis is going, is, is so convinced I'm so in love with Sheriff. Um, having watched their qualifying rounds, we're doing our pre-tournament predictions and kind of thought, well, I might as well swing for the fences on this one. And I did predict that Sheriff would get out of the group. It's one I'm feeling quite smug about now because <laughs> you look at it and they maybe only need four points from their remaining four games. I completely agree with everything Jim said that particularly that Real Madrid game was, was the, was almost, uh, you're right that they do not want the ball at all. They're more than happy without it. Having said that, Aside from that Real Madrid game, they've been excellent at not giving up good shots. I mean, they led for a long time against Shakhtar Donetsk and Shakhtar got nowhere, nowhere near the goal. And actually, until they took the lead against Real Madrid, they had Real Madrid at arm's length. And it, it, I think it was just that thing of they awoke, they awoke the dragon. You know, it was it was all too much. This was a team at, at a much higher level. I think they can certainly give... Inter Milan a game. Inter have looked very good in attack, as Jim says, but a little bit vulnerable at the back. Uh, in recent weeks. And I think if you look at the pace of someone like Adama Traore trying to stretch in behind that back three, 
I mean, it's it's a it's all a long shot, and it kind of requires a few exceptional performances from the goalkeepers, from the defenders. But they do at least have a game plan that that could work. Where they just, I think, presumably they just infuriate the opposition by not wanting the ball. But Adama Traore just herring at them at every opportunity. Um, and that's all we need, huh? Another Adama Traore going at you. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when they come up against the Premier League team? And they go, <laughs> oh, I've had to play Adama Traore twice this season already. <laughs> now I've got to do it again. Well, I, I, I just hope that, you, I mean, you've, you've been very complimentary about it. I just hope that they keep that spirit. And I think yeah. they keep that momentum and that confidence in the dressing room. And they don't suddenly start thinking, what have we done? Yeah. What have we done? You know, yeah. we, we've 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 beaten Real Madrid. You know, lead winners of of this competition, um, incredible over the years. We've gone and done that, and and here we go, San Siro, um, and I just hope that they don't let the expectation maybe get to them a little bit now. And yeah. I guess maybe I, the other the other challenge they might have is I don't know if Real Madrid did, but no one's going to take them lightly from now on. Once you've beaten Real Madrid, that's it. You know, and you are very much in the mix. Inter Milan will be looking at this thinking, if we take six points, everything's back in our hands. We've yeah. kind of quietened down the, the problems for now, but they will know what happens if they drop any points against Sheriff. So agree with Jim that th- this could be a wake-up call moment as well. I do hope not. Yeah. But well, isn't it lovely? I mean, you've just said six points. Sorry, Luis. Um, no, go ahead. When you, look at, when you look at the tables, all the groups after six games, two games, sorry, Bayern six points. Juve, six points. Ajax, six points. Dortmund, six points. Liverpool, six points. Sheriff, Tiraspol, six points. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. The, I think it's, I, I just wanted to echo something that you said, Jim, about, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, not waking up one day. I'm going, oh, oh my God, look what we've done kind of thing. I, I see this team as Wiley Coyote when he's chasing the roadrunner. You know, he runs out of uh, the mountains out. He's, he's running in, in the air. And he hasn't realized yet that he's, he doesn't have any ground below. And the moment he realizes it, he falls down. That's Sheriff right now. Don't look down. Just keep, keep going. What's funny about Sheriff is that they're actually a super, and I don't mean to be patronizing, a very simplistic team. They get the ball. And the first thing they want to do is go wide. You know, Cristiano pushes up, look for the goal. And mo- almost all of their goals, or at least almost all of their threatening opportunities have been in such a conventional way. Now, the problem is, to your point, James, Inter Milan know what's coming right now. And after losing 3-1 to Lazio, uh, you know, and obviously to Jim's point and the fact that they have one point in Group D, they need this. They need this. So as much as I want Sheriff and Dulanto to continue, I, you know, if you see the predictions, I've said an Inter Milan win, but we have to see what happens. Anything else to finish this game off before we move on, James Bench? I mean... Yeah, I went and predicted a one-all draw, didn't I? You did? <laughs> I'm, I, I think I'm wondering now if I should have been more ambitious and said they'd win the whole thing. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim, the party pooper, has an Inter Milan win right here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, not changing. Not changing at all. All right. Well, if that's the case, I do see here then as Shakhtar Donetsk face Real Madrid. That's also Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. If that's the case and Real Madrid does the business, they will top the group, obviously, as they are ahead. Uh, Jim, how do you see this one as Real Madrid once again face Shakhtar Donetsk? And if we remember, Shakhtar Donetsk did uh, take advantage of this game. I mean, I, I think, again, similar to what we were saying about Liverpool and Atleti earlier on, I think they had their troubles with Shakhtar Donetsk last season. Uh, the group stage, I think, on match day one. Shakhtar went and won 3-2 uh, at Madrid, if memory serves me right. Um, so again, I think, you know, M- Madrid will will release their might, I would have thought. I think they'll they'll be looking to assert that that authority once more. Um, and, you know, with, with the form the likes of Benzema's in, if they keep it tight enough, and, and I, I think they can, then he's always likely to go and, and grab you a winner. And, you know, Hazard as well is, is, is beginning to get fitter he's his conditioning is a has improved so you know all of that i think has has to go in um in in real's favor yeah i i mean i'm it's quite a hard one to 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 read with with real isn't it because we haven't seen them play in a very long time i know we were saying for atletico that this could be an advantage but 
correct me if I'm wrong, Real's last game was was that 2-1 loss to Espanyol as well. So, Yep, their game was postponed this past weekend as well. That's correct, yeah. Of course, that could help a great deal. But equally, you know, it's been a long time stewing over those results. I mean, Jim will know far better than I what, what the impact of uh, of that is for a player. I, I wonder how how negative that might be and, and whether they kind of have, will have got out of this cycle. I'm sure these are Real Madrid players. I'm sure they will have. Yeah. Well, the one thing that it needs to be reminded, though, is that in the Champions League, you know, uh, Real Madrid, you know, they do need this win because, as Jim mentioned, obviously things things are very, very tight. But Karim Benzema, clearly one of the best, if not some would say, that maybe the best player in the world right now. The things that he can do and turn it in just a second, in a heartbeat, will be uh, a key differential there for Real Madrid as they visit Shakhtar Donetsk. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, we will return to discuss uh, the rest of the action, including Wednesday's action. Wednesday's action as the circus that it will hopefully be when Manchester United hosts Atalanta and much, much more. Kegolasso Champions League preview. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to Champions League. Kego Lasso preview here with Jim Beglin and James Benj. Uh, Luis Miguel Echegaray here. All right, let's talk Manchester United. Uh, the vibes, as James says, that are Manchester United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer against Atalanta Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. James Bench, let's begin with you because we love to talk about United. Uh, and uh, Jim, I'm sure, would love to hear this. But we basically don't think much of this team <laughs> or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, to be honest with you. It's, a, it's based a lot on individuality. Uh, but let's see if uh, things can be proven wrong as they face Atalanta as they won 4-1 against Empoli this past weekend. But this is a big game, a big game for everybody concerned. James Bench, Manchester United, Atalanta, what do you see? I mean, I should say to Jim, we might not like the team. We really like the players. We think there's yeah, some, yeah, they're great. World-class, some world-class players there. It's just uh, not, not much. There of isn't it. a team. Yes, exactly. Not a team at all. Equally, I have a little sneaky, there's, there's two things. Because it's not a team, you end up kind of getting dragged into these you end up talking about them as a soap opera. Um, and that's kind of how I'm almost perceiving Man United right now. So I'm looking at this going, well, I don't think we're ready for the big dramatic twist of, of Ole losing his job yet. So he'll probably get the win now because he always they do seem to pull out results when they need it. Maybe that's just the advantage of having individual talent of so much of it is that, you know, when the chips are down, it, it can really turn up and, and win games for you. Equally, I think, Atalanta are a team that are willing to commit numbers high up the pitch to try and win the ball back. That is the sort of team that United can play quite well against. We've seen that with a team like Leeds, maybe, that actually 
give them space to push the ball into, let them get into one-on-one duels where they can beat their men. And that suits United. The, the, the individual quality shows in those sorts of games. So I'm relatively bullish on United going into this game. Atalanta are a bit in and out and probably much like United, a, a little bit hard to put your finger on this season. But um, I mean, the table's flashing up there trailing young boys and, and, and a defeat against Atalanta would really put them behind the eight ball in this group, no matter the result uh, in the other game. So this is a huge game, really, really important. It could change the season, could define this manager's long-term future. I mean, big stuff. Big, big stuff. Jim, talk to me about this game. Do you see Manchester United overturning this, uh, you know, this bad run? I guess we ran that they lost 4-2 against Leicester City. Some shocking defending. Uh, and to be honest with you, Leeds United or not, Atlanta style or not, that's kind of the last thing uh, a team that's not good defensively wants to face. What do you see here uh, at Old Trafford? Well, I'll start with an angry dressing room because that's what the Manchester United dressing room should be after the weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the general consensus is that they've, they've got the the talent, they've got the ability in the side, but, but it, it hasn't. Um, formed itself cohesively, and 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 that's that's where they're at at the moment. Manchester United, you know, there there seems to be no um, again no no exact direction to what they're doing. I take it back to Oligon Solskjaer. I remember being in Cardiff when he came as temporary manager, and they won five one that day. And he'd spoken that day about how he envisaged his Manchester United, and it was obviously very akin to what Sir Alex Ferguson had achieved back in the day. Risk takers, courage, entertainers, um, players that could bring incitement, excitement to the game. Um, And we were all kind of looking forward to, wow. And of course, they hit five that day. For a while, I think, on that run, they didn't play anybody of note. Um, And then I think they went and beat beat Tottenham at Wembley and everybody thought, oh, but I think if, if any identity has settled in, going back to what James has just said, then it's probably Manchester United on, on the counter-attack. And in, in bigger games, we have seen a lot of that. And James referred to the fact that Atalanta are gamblers they and they love to go very high too. Um, and, and that could play into Manchester United hands. That with the... the the mental determination to recover from what have they lost four in the last seven now in all competitions, you know, and that wasn't, that wasn't a good, good performance either again at the weekend. And there's an awful lot of this now from Manchester United. And, you know, the performances haven't got the substance and, and I would have thought the board would be taking much more notice of that thinking it's far more serious. He's three years into his reign now. And what I've just mentioned about before that Cardiff game, um, and subsequently, obviously, became the permanent coach. We're not seeing any of that. We're seeing absolutely none of that. I want to see that Manchester United again. That'd be great fun to watch, great fun to work on. But they're nowhere close to that. And um, it has to be getting to a much more serious level, no matter what's coming out of the boardroom right now at Manchester United. Well, I mean, I think it's a, a perfect way to describe it. And in fact, it's funny that you say that. Jim, because, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, managerial aside from uh, his Cardiff days, two things. One, when he beat PSG, it was basically the momentum that gave him the full-time job at United. And two, he should know this kind of exciting, entertaining, courageous type of team. He played it himself for Sir Alex Ferguson. So sometimes it becomes a little curious. We had Fabrizio Romano earlier, of course, in the week to discuss uh, the fact that the board of Manchester United continued to back him. Obviously, it was just only two months ago uh, that uh, he was given a contract. So, you know, it will be intriguing how we get to see this game. Atalanta, as you mentioned, James Bench, have been inconsistent. So I do see, hopefully, a lot of goals for the neutral. But one of these games with Manchester United takes the win. James, a quick prediction. You see the same thing? Yeah, I do lean towards that. I think, um, and just going back to very briefly, going back to what you were saying, I think everyone at United is, is seems to be most scared of all of just admitting they've got something wrong. Uh, and I think that everyone's just looking for for little ways out. Yeah, I, I do think they'll they'll get the win here. I like you know Jim perfectly explained those underlying issues, and none of them will change. 
for a very long time, uh, or at least until they spend some more money or change the coach. But yeah, I, I think it'll. I think it'll sort of. They'll they'll edge this one maybe one nil. Um, Jim, it, it has to be. It has to be better. It has to be more convincing. Yeah. Than Villarreal, uh, they could have been three goals down at half time, and of course they eventually carved out a win for themselves. But I think all those Manchester United fans turning up on Wednesday will want to see a conviction in, in their game um, and and something you know much more convincing and, and hopefully for them a little more entertaining. Jim, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but I would love to know your thoughts. Was it a mistake to take uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and him coming to Manchester United one more time? I know, it's a tough I, one. I think, I yeah, it is. It is. I mean, look... Cristiano's a great, there's no doubt about it. I, I, I tweeted something uh, not so long ago that would Ole manage Cristiano or would Cristiano manage Ole? And I did that because when you take on a superstar, and Pochettino has got three of them, yeah. but when you take on a superstar like that, they don't come bigger than Cristiano Ronaldo, um, then th there's got to be friction because Ole's kind of mindset of how much game time he's going to give his superstar will be very different to the superstar himself. Now, we've already seen that um, when Manchester United um, lost before the international break. and um, or Sorry, drew with Everton before the international break. And Ronaldo hadn't been started that day. And you saw him going down the tunnel and he was blazing. He was really angry. That can start creeping into the dressing room and, and, and causing problems. Um, what... You you have to you have to and and admittedly they got him right on the deadline so the season had begun so that they're having to react in season but you you have to seriously adjust because Ronaldo is not going to do all the work off the ball that's needed to be done so you you've got to amend for that and I I don't think they've got the balance right in in that side and I think. Certainly, when you look at what they put out at Leicester, I mean, okay, Matic holding in midfield, but from Pogba up, you know, th there's a lot of forward movement. And, you know, I, I'm not convinced about that. It's, it's amazing. I, I know I'm getting away from Cristiano Ronaldo now, but a lot of their good results, playing the bigger games away from home, um, have come with Fred and McTominay in the side. And, yeah. and they seem to have done, you know, a, a lot of the... The, uh, the industry, which which has served them really well. Do I think um, it might be a little late for Cristiano? Yeah, I'm starting to lean that way. I'm with I'm with Jim here. I think the other thing is we're seeing the knock-on effect on talented younger players who will need to carry this United team in two, three years, if not earlier. You know, Jaden Sancho has, I don't know why Solskjaer's putting him on the left when he's now occupying, and I think we said this pre-match before the last game, he's occupying the same spots that Ronaldo does. He's being asked to do the same thing of get in that pocket outside the box on your, and come in on your stronger right foot. Sancho's supposed to be doing that. That's what he would be best at in that position, but that's what Ronaldo's doing. Bruno Fernandes feels a bit peripheral right now, which is, and we see this with Portugal as well. You don't see a great Bruno Fernandes and a great Ronaldo together that often. And I, so I do wonder, I, I, I think sacrificing at least two of your other attackers to to serve Ronaldo, getting you a goal a game, I wonder. I'm Like Jim, I am kind of wondering if if the negatives of, of having him in this team are may, maybe starting to outweigh the positives. Well, but you, you know, when I'm, when I'm working United games, um, and I was saying this last season, that I, I've never... And of course, Cristiano is a new addition now. But I've never said weren't weren't the front four great today? Weren't they brilliant the way they linked up? And that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. You might have one or two of them that are at it, and the other two that are kind of borderline, you know, away from things. And and I think the same is the case again now. You know, if Cristiano steals the headlines. Sancho will will have been disappointing. Um, and if somebody else like Greenwood steps up, then Bruno has has had a quiet one. I, I don't think they've ever really knitted all that together and, and, and made it count as it should because the talent is fierce. Yeah, well, that's the how it all began, right? Whether this is a team or just a collection of individuals. But one thing is for sure, Manchester United needs some results and they face Atalanta. So we will maybe see some goals and maybe a win for United, but time 
will tell as they are in third place in Group F. Right, let's not be too long on this one, and I don't think we won't be, but Chelsea host Malmo. Uh, they're pretty much known under Thomas Tuchel to just making it a conventional victory every now and again. Do you see the same thing here, James Bench? Uh, I believe that you might be on the game as well. Maybe, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think this will probably be a pretty comfortable win because Malmo just aren't quite at that level. But I think we have to be very clear that Chelsea are not the team they were even a few weeks ago. Mm. The defence is looking a bit porous. I know that against Brentford, it wasn't a full strength dis- defence, but you know Thomas Tuchel prides his team on. We don't let the opposition have touches in the box. We don't let them have shots in the box. And the last few games, there's been a lot of that. And that hasn't been counterbalanced at the other end by much more high quality attacking football. So I'm sure this game will be fine, but you know how high Luis I was on, on Chelsea at the start of the season. I thought they were the best team in Europe. I'm feeling a bit foolish now. Something's not quite there. I don't think it would take much to get it back to how it was, but yeah, it's not quite clicking at the moment. What do you see, Jim? I see a routine win. Um, simple as that. I think by now the Malmo dressing room will be thinking, we don't belong at this level. They've lost 3-0 at home to Juve. They've lost 4-0 at Zenit. I think they'll be hoping to keep the numbers down at Stamford Bridge. And I think Chelsea should be looking for um, a comfortable stroll. Yeah. And as we look at Group H, of course, Chelsea do uh, have, they've lost one and won one. They lost that game to Juventus, of course. And uh, they do want those wins. And you would think that a victory does come here. All right. I wanted to uh, finish today. We're just discussing Group E because uh, specifically really about Barcelona. Benfica faced Bayern Munich Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus. And Bayern Munich did the business against Bayer Leverkusen. Five goals in the first half ended up 5-1 against Benfica. But Barcelona, as they travel, uh, or I believe they host that one. No, Des Norris, Mm -hmm. we have to double check that one. They do host that one as they face Dynamo. They do need... A win here. They're last in Group E. They've lost two games. A goal differential of minus six. Is it too late for Barcelona, Jim Beglin? Or can things work out for them? Can they revive themselves once again? And will they get out of the group? It's not too late. It's critical, but it's not too late. I think it was last season, Peter Drury mentioned a lot of stats about... I think Juventus picked them, didn't they, for the group last season. Juventus finished before ahead of them in the group. But I think yeah. prior to that, it was in the teams that they, in successive seasons, they they won their group and into the knockout stages of the Champions League. They've been phenomenal. It's, it's, it's hard to compare what we're seeing now to what we've seen so many years down the line. Um, all that kind of fabulous football we saw has is, is, is kind of disappeared. But I, I go back to what you've just said, Luis. It's, um, it is a must win. It's a must win um, at home. It's a must win in the away game. And then it's going to be a must win at home to Benfica because they've got to go to Munich in their final game. So they've got to get their business done now. They've got to be thinking nine points and, and hoping that that is going to be enough to, to take them through, you know, based on the fact that Bayern Munich had a quite an easy job in, in beating and Barcelona to start off this particular group. So um, some more good news as well in, in the sense that Ansu Fati is, is back involved. And we saw Sergio Aguero come off the bench for minutes, but it's a start. And it might yeah. take him, usually when he was injured at Manchester City, it took him about three or four games. You know, maybe the same will apply this time around. He's not getting any younger either. But that is that is offering them more hope. Um and, you know, maybe maybe um, revitalise Dembele's game um, and they could bring more more to it. But uh, I think I have a little more faith in what Barcelona might be able to achieve against lesser opposition in the Champions League than I did when I first saw them uh, this season against Bayern Munich. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I wonder if come the end of the group stage, we might look back on that opening day draw for Benfica with Dinamo Kiev as, as something that really saved um, Barcelona's bacon. Because as Jim said, you know, they've got to get nine points from their next three games. I think, let's be realistic, they're probably not going to overturn that head-to-head with Benfica after losing 3-0. So they're going to need favours from elsewhere and to do their job excellently. And who knows, maybe even get some points off off Bayern as well. But Jim, while we have you as, a, as an expert who knows the game far better than either myself and especially than Luis. I put out a bit of a joke tweet uh, after the Europa League 
the second round of Europa League games. Obviously, it looks like West Ham are, are going to be in the round of 16. And probably, quite possibly, it looks like Barcelona are going to be in the Europa League as well. So, uh, Jim, who would win a Europa League game? Let's say it was right now between Barcelona and West Ham. Who wins that tie? Well, there, there's one. There's one out of the blue. Um, <laughs> I, like that West Ham. I, I was at Goodison yesterday. I saw West Ham. I had a sneaking that they'd, they'd win the game narrowly uh, and they did um, there's a lot to admire about um, West Ham at the moment but I obviously have to give you a short answer now and I would think Barcelona oh he, he had a pause there doesn't it depend I, I feel like it depends if uh, actually no it doesn't really matter right London Stadium doesn't really give you that many uh uh, if Mikhail Antonio are, is up against that defense, well, are, are we talking? Are we talking two legs? Yes. I, okay. Yeah. Well, I, that, that's why I went for Barcelona over two legs. I thought they might just have enough, but um, but it, it wouldn't be a doddle. It'd be far from a doddle. Because um, to say West Ham had an awful. I mean, Rice was majestic again yesterday. Oh, um, you know, O'Bonner getting getting the winner. Um, so far missing, but I love what he brings to the team and his his determination, his grit. Um, he's kind of a, a never say die type character. Um, and Antonio, a big admiration for him and and the way he he, uh, he operates um, as as a lone striker in that team. Bowen, Fornals, Benrama, yeah, they 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 um they they're good, but I I think Barcelona might just edge it. It would be a fun, fun game for sure. Uh, and by the way, as Barcelona, you know, have a must win here in the Champions League, they have Real Madrid in the weekend. So this schedule for Ronald Koeman is not going to get any easier before it gets tougher. Right. That was our Champions League preview. Fantastic stuff. I want to thank uh, Jim Beglin. Jim, thank you so much for being part of the show, my friend. Thank you for inviting me, Luis. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, James. Enjoyed it. James Bench, uh, as Jim uh, says it, I echo it. Thank you so much for being here once again, my friend. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And by the way, uh, everybody, thank you so much. We're going to be going live again on Tuesday and Wednesday to recap the action uh, from match day three of the Champions League season. And if you're listening on Apple Pods, do us a favor, leave Kego Lasso a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it helps us to continue to make free episodes like this one, James Bench. Thank you, Jim Beglin. Thank you, Luis Miguel Echigaray here saying thank you. Enjoy the Champions League action only on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. We will see you next time. Have a great one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.